Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105 Through the Fan, thanking everyone for joining us this morning. And our first guest is she is a very significant figure with the nonprofit DEC Network. And you guys are a part of this thing called Dallas Startup Week. Demetra Brown, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Now, I think this is so important, especially for young entrepreneurs, and I think it's happening at the SMU campus, the Cox School of Business. Can you tell us a bit about the Dallas Startup Week, and then we'll talk about some of the things that the EEC is doing. Exciting. Yes, yeah. so Dallas Startup Week is happening this week. It is a conference and summit that is sponsored by Capital One, and it's truly a celebration of the Dallas entrepreneurial ecosystem. And what we do is we bring entrepreneurs, investors, and change makers together for just a week-long experience. And we're looking to do a number of things. Of course, have a great time and celebrate, but also provide a lot of value in terms of education, resources, And then ultimately providing a space for all of those folks to collide, right? That's where entrepreneurship and innovation really starts to happen is when you put all these smart and talented folks in a room Mm -hmm. and create an amazing experience. So we're looking forward to doing that next week at SMU. And you say next week is this week right here beginning August the 1st, right? Yeah, that's right. August 1st. SMU, that's our kickoff. We're going to start off with a a summit called Disrupt Dallas, which is going to be amazing as well. Mm -hmm. Now, the event features like, what, 100 sessions uh, in 21 tracks, 200 speakers, three summits, a keynote speaker. I mean, this sounds like a major, major effort, and I think it's perfect timing coming coming after the shutdown of the pandemic, and now things are opened up a little bit. Now we're still riding this pandemic out, but it seems like there's a lot of people who want to get started. Uh, What kind of reaction have you been getting so far? The reaction has been amazing. You know, I've uh, spent some time just here in the past few days just, uh, you know, kind of strolling through social media and seeing all of the hashtag DSW21 trending conversations and and spotlights of the events that are taking place. Um, We've seen a number of people register for in-person and virtual. So one thing I want to make extremely clear is that we will have both options available, but we're excited to be back in person. But overall, the response has been great for the community. We know people are really anxious to get back in back mm-hmm. in community, honestly. You know, yes. it's, it's, again, I'm wanting to be around like-minded individuals and working towards that common goal. And, you know, uh, they say Dallas Startup Week is recognized as the largest event that drives entrepreneurial success, economic impact, and innovation here in North Texas. I think that's so significant. Is this the first time you're doing this, or have have you guys done the Dallas Startup Week before? Oh, Dallas Startup Week has been around for a few years now. You know, 2019 was one of our biggest 
uh, conferences. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, of course, 2020 is going to be the year of COVID. We'll all remember for the pandemic. Um, but we had to do something different. We had to do a virtual conference. And we had some in-person elements, um, but a lot of live streaming. The Dallas Starter Week is something that's been around for a number of years. And we're just continuing to kind of build on that initial legacy of providing a space for entrepreneurs and investors to come together. Dallas Star Week, again, is from August 1st through the 5th at the SMU's Cox School of Business and virtually, like you mentioned, on Brush Fire. So I know there's a lot of people who are interested in in coming. Can you talk about the different things that you can do while you're there? First, I want you to know there are a number of experiences that have been created. So you mentioned that we have all these distinct tracks, but we also have summits. So, of course, I mentioned when we start off on Sunday at SMU, we will be hosting Disrupt Dallas. Mm-hmm. Disrupt Dallas is a, uh, a summit that has been de- designed excuse me, with entrepreneurs of color and individuals in our ecosystem who are working to support entrepreneurs. And so that day is really designed to celebrate um, the stories of triumph within the entrepreneurial community with the highlight on black and Hispanic small business owners and entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. but it's also meant to be a celebration. We're going to have a great time. We have a tiny desk performance uh, set up for that day. We also have um, a a DJ on site, so there'll be a great opportunity for networking and just relaxing. So it's going to be a cool experience. And then we have a great individual by the name of Ryan Wilson. He's going to be our headliner. Ryan Wilson is the CEO and co-founder of TGS Holdings. And so it's a company that owns the A3C Festival, uh, which is one of the biggest music festivals, and it's hosted in Atlanta. And he's also the owner of The Gathering Spot, a 39,000-square-foot member-exclusive entrepreneurial community in the Dallas, I'm sorry, in the Atlanta area, Mm -hmm. which is spreading into markets like Washington, D.C. So in addition to that, we also have Women of Innovation, right, a day that's dedicated to amplifying the voices of women founders and investors. And we're doing some really unique things on that day. We're going to have a women's marketplace where we're going to get an opportunity to see products from some of our local businesses here in the Dallas region and the products and services they're providing the community. But we're also going to have some really cool presentations from business owners. We're going to have a conversation on how individuals in the restaurant industry are innovating the way that they approach food, especially in light of what we've experienced with the pandemic. Then, of course, we have our Corporate Innovation Summit, which, is again, is is an event that's kind of curated with the Capital One team. And we have Guy Raz joining that conversation virtually. And who doesn't love that podcast, right? Right. So it's going to be a fun experience. We have a little bit of something for everyone. And, of course, over 20 tracks. So everything from um, AI to gaming and esports. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something for everyone in this in this experience. This is absolutely amazing. We're talking with Demetri Brown of the DEC Network, and you're mentioning about Disrupt Dallas and the fact that people of color, young aspiring entrepreneurs, have a place where they can network and get together with, I, I, I guess the best way to put it, uh, established corporate allies. So... How how influential is this thing? Because it seems like this is the place to be, especially if you're a millennial or a Gen Z. Indeed, if you know, if you're if you're young at heart or a young adult, we definitely want you at this event. What we've tried to put together with our planning committee is an experience that truly recognizes um, the the lived experiences of entrepreneurs of color. You know, mm-hmm. for example, Black and Latina women are two of the fastest growing segments of starting entrepreneurial ventures. So. How do we build on that momentum? Well, we feature some really amazing uh, ecosystem builders and founders. We have Darlisa Diltz, who is one of the most recognized folks in our region for supporting entrepreneurs and building up community. We also have 
Dominique, who owns the Black Girl Magic Museum, who's created an experience that has been highlighted in places like Mesquite and Shreveport, Louisiana, where she is putting together these carefully curated uh, museum experiences that really amplify um, Black girls and their lived experiences and the way they show up. So we just have, again, a number of things. We have a tiny desk performance from Danny Brown. He's a local musician here in our community. Um, a local DJ spinning, a networking hour. You're going to want to be there. This is the place to be. It's going to be an entire vibe. The energy is going to be right. And we're just, we're excited about this. This is what I also love. I, I, it seems to me that, and this is the, throughout history, People who are younger, under the age of 40, are usually more creative. They're more, they're, they're looking for more challenges. And I think uh, Gen Z and, and the millennials, that particular age group, they utilize social media even more. And they utilize technology even more. You mentioned AI. Can you talk about how this particular summit, this uh, Dallas Startup Week, is going to be able to incorporate all of those things, especially people who are creative? Indeed. And again, you know, I was mentioning that we have over 20 plus tracks and we have something for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were curating this event, we wanted to make sure that no one was left out because we know entrepreneurship and innovation yeah. is happening in different realms. It's right. happening in education. It's happening in the arts. So guess what? We have tracks for those two lanes. Even social impact, right? What is traditionally thought of as only nonprofit work mm-hmm. is no longer the case. There's a way to do business for good. And we have tracks that are going to amplify that as well. Now you and, meant, of course, funding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we have to have conversations about funding, right? That is Please a, bring that know, up right now. Go right ahead. <laughs> Indeed. You know, 83% of, of founders, according to Kaufman, say they needed some source of external funding um, to be able to start or scale their business. So, again, going back to Disrupt Dallas, one of our key conversations that we're going to be having on Sunday to kind of kick off this theme is we're going to have Marcus Strout and Brandon Allen, who are the founders of TXV. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a venture capital firm that is, that is led by two extraordinary black men. And they're going to be taking our community through a conversation on how do you secure funding to, you know, to really help your business flourish. And of course, you know, I, I shared that black women and Latino women are doing really well with, you know, business starts, but where we tend to struggle is in capturing capital, especially VC capital. I believe black women got less than 1% of VC capital mm-hmm. um, last year. Now we've seen some strides in this post George Floyd era where there's a huge uh, focus on investing in, in black and black and brown communities, but there's still an opportunity there, but we're going to make sure we're doing our part. So folks know that there there's a spectrum of resources in the VC space and really amplifying what Marcus and Brandon are doing. Now we know that D, the DEC network is a nonprofit is disrupt Dallas. Also a nonprofit. Just out of curiosity. No, no. Uh, the DEC network is, is somewhat of the host Okay. Kind of behind the scenes, bringing the pieces together for Dallas Startup Week, which is a community-driven event. So mm-hmm. it's not an organization or nonprofit on its own, but it's certainly an experience that the DEC Network is really happy to help cultivate and bring community together around. Let's start right there with the DEC Network. Explain what the DEC Network is to those who've never heard of it before but are intrigued by what's going on. Certainly. So. The DEC Network uh, is the Dallas Entrepreneur Center Network. We started off as one location here in Dallas back in 2013, co-founded by Trey Bowles uh, and Jennifer Sanders. And essentially what what we do is we help entrepreneurs start, build, and grow their businesses through Mm -hmm. a number of pathways. And those four key pathways for us are mentorship. So we have a mentorship program that connects founders to subject matter experts, um, as well as experienced entrepreneurs, advocacy. Um, we lead a coalition called Build, which is 
a coalition of business support organizations and, and capital providers who are all working together to, to close the gap that underrepresented founders face. And so we're, we're playing in the advocacy arena through that work. We also build community. What the DEC network is known for is its events, is its programming where people are able to come together, learn, but also network and hopefully grow their social capital. I mean, then and just bounce ideas off each other, right? That's, that's where entrepreneurship right. and innovation really happens. And then lastly, the thing that we do is education. So we offer a number of boot camps and cohorts that are designed for entrepreneurs and to meet them wherever they are in the business life cycle and helps them make sure they have the technical skills and information to make that next step. Yes, there's power in knowledge. You cannot be afraid to fail. We say that most people who uh, create a startup business, they are some of the bravest people in the world because they know there is a risk of failure. But you cannot succeed unless you try things out and convince people to invest in your ideas. It's kind of like Shark Tank. For those who understand the TV show Shark Tank, this is what you guys live. Am I wrong? That's so true. You know, we we have uh, the pleasure of operating and and running two physical spaces in our city and then also having a partnership with Common Desk. But we operate the DEC at Redbird, which is a location, a co-working community uh, that's really focused on being a, a space. Uh, of, of affordable co-working, but also a space mm-hmm. of community for entrepreneurs in Southern Dallas. And then we also have the Treehouse location in Addison. And those two physical spaces help us do what you just described, right? We have to have a place and a space for entrepreneurs to come together and to do the work that our local economy needs. I mean, small businesses and startups play a critical role in job creation and especially also in neighborhood revitalization. So, um, again, I can't undersell just how huge our physical presence is in terms of the work that we're doing too. Now you mentioned the corporate allies and, and potential partnerships. Can you talk about how days in this economy that we're living in, it's it's a gig economy. Everybody knows yeah. what the phrase means. That means people have multiple jobs to make ends meet. Can you talk about where uh, Disrupt Dallas or the DEC can help out for those who want to have that lifestyle or, or actually get out of that lifestyle or actually own the things that they're doing, their their businesses? I love that question. That's such a great question. You know, one of the things that we are trying to do as an organization at the DEC Network and even through our DEC at Red Bear location is help people, you know, formalize uh, the work that they're already doing. You know, one of the things we learned in the pandemic right. um, with many of our black and Hispanic founders is we're doing the work, we're running companies, but maybe there's some knowledge gaps in, in what the structure needs to look like, the legal protections that we need to have. And so we've set up a number of boot camps and uh, um, classes in place to help walk people through that through the past year. That continues to be a point of emphasis because we are passionate about seeing more jobs created by companies that are run by uh, people of color. But in order to do that, we understand we have to make sure we're providing that technical support and we're connecting them to folks who are who are on the capital side. That's still going to be an important part of the equation. But I do want to encourage anyone who is freelancing or, or is working in the gig economy that's thinking about taking that next step and formalizing and establishing their business, I'd say go ahead and do it. One of the things we learned from the pandemic was that first tranche of money that came out, many of us weren't able to tap into it because mm-hmm. there were so many restrictions around, you know, the company structure and, and having an LLC. Now, they modified that in the second round, but I think that's still a great opportunity for us to capitalize on that learning and really help people who are looking to become founders take that transition. You know, I always like to tell people the difference between a job and a career is you enjoy what you do. There's a lot of people who have jobs just to make money and to make the ends meet. So as you mentioned, just like you said, 
if you're in the gig economy, if you're listening to this this uh, conversation we're having right now, and you say, wow, I've always wanted to do this for myself or start my own business, how would they get involved with Startup Week? How do they get involved with the Dallas Startup Week at the SMU Cox School of Business? How would they apply? Is it too late? Uh, is, are there walk-ups available? I mean, tell me how this is done for those who say, wow, I've never heard of this. This is right up my alley. I need to know more. I'll say two things. Number one, it's not too late to register. We still have uh, tickets available. So I do recommend going to the website. You can go to DallasStartupWeek.com altogether, DallasStartupWeek.com, and it'll lead you to the registration page. So please go ahead and register. But guess what? Even if you don't register and you just want to pop up and, and kind of check out what we're doing and, right. and figure out what sessions are best for you. Feel free to come to SMU. We'll be at the SMU Cox School of Business. So it's not too late. We hope to see you there. And I will say this, right? If, you, if you're a little nervous and you're not sure if this event is for you, like, does my business fit into this profile? That doesn't matter. We're right. going to have an opportunity to network with a lot of folks who are in the space and meet organizations like us. You know, the DEC Network or the DEC, we're, we're not the only organization supporting small business owners business owners and entrepreneurs. So there's going to be other organizations like us at this event that you'll have an opportunity to connect with and plug into their programs and their resources as well. So I would say if you're looking for a starting point and on-ramp into this ecosystem as a founder, you need to be at Dallas Startup Week. You know, I mentioned Shark Tank only because I'm trying to paint pictures for people who are trying to visualize what Startup Week would be all about or what is it like. And and I think a lot of people watch that show. They watch how Mark Cuban and, and the different sharks determine if they want to invest in a company, if they want to do a percentage ownership. And these are the things you learn during Startup Week. Am I wrong? Please, please tell me some stories of people who have had success, you know, over the years with Startup Week. I will tell you this. The thing about, you know, Dallas Startup Week, and, and I love that, uh, that connection you're making with Shark Tank. Imagine if you could go behind the scenes of Shark Tank. Right? Yes. When you watch Shark Tank, you often kind of see a lot of the entertainment piece. But how do folks get there, right? You know, mm-hmm. on Monday, we're having a pitch competition that is sponsored by Dell. We have a number of our um, track captains who are putting together events around perfecting your pitch. We have one at Disrupt Dallas. We have one during the week uh, with uh, Brittany Hunter, who is the CEO of Mogul Millennial. Like, we're going to be having a lot of conversations on how do you get to that point, right? And then you'll also get to see some of that in action. One of the things about Dallas Startup Week, when we think about the impact of the event, is so many connections are made. Yes. Like, you are in a room it's to the learn who about how you to know. Pitch and you find a potential co-founder or something. You know, it's, yeah. it's a great opportunity to get engaged. You know, like I said, in this world, you know, you can have the what you know, but unless you also have that piece of the who you know, that's what's going to take you over the top. That's going to get you to where you want to be. That's going to make your idea a reality. And I, I like the fact that these are just opportunities. What you've done is provided a space for opportunity if people choose to take the risk. And that's the thing, you know. Again, I, I have to emphasize, you know, social capital is huge, right? Who you know yes. is still a, hard, a huge part of the way business happens. And, we, again, I hate to keep referencing, you know, the pandemic, but we, we've been in this for the past year, right. year or so. No, no, keep um, referencing it because you got to explain how people can get through this and how you guys were able to make the pivot. Indeed. And one of the things we saw is that relationships were critical, especially in terms of having relationships with bankers. 
many of the companies that were able to kind of get, get through that process a little easier, that's because they were able to get on their phone and they knew who their banker was and they were able to kind of walk through that part, process with a trusted partner. Now, that's just a, you know, a small example. But again, think about the power of relationships connections, opening doors for you, so much of entrepreneurship and even professional uh, professionalism, right? We also want folks who are, maybe you're not an entrepreneur, maybe you're thinking about it, maybe not, but you're also a career uh, professional who's looking to understand some of these topics. This event is also for you, right? Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's an opportunity and a space to, to, to convene. And I think, you know, we've, we've been talking about Shark Tank a little bit, and I don't want to uh, miss this, this opportunity to highlight that our keynote speaker, for Dallas Startup Week is Abe Mankara. He's someone who sat on those Shark Tank couches and provided that feedback. And so you're going to get to hear from him live in person at SMU if you're at Dallas Startup Week. This is fantastic because, like you said, you're able to get advice if you're wanting to have a startup, if, you, if you've got an idea, if you have a business already in place and you need to make some connections. But at the same time, and you've got to elaborate on this some more, too. If you're someone who already has an established business, but you're saying, you know what, I want to do some more with my business or I've made some money and I want to invest in some other kinds of ideas, uh, things that you might have heard about or read about online, but you don't really know. This is an opportunity to be in person and kick the tires. Please tell me, am I wrong about making that statement? No, that's a perfect statement. Again, you know, we've, we've mentioned we have over 20 tracks, right? And one of those tracks is capital and funding. And we, we try to approach this work from a multitude of perspectives. We understand, of course, entrepreneurs are our primary audience. But again, like you said, we have people who are looking to get into the investing side of the equation. And we think that that's a really interesting part of this, right? Is, mm-hmm. is because in order for the ecosystem to thrive, in order for us to rally behind the entrepreneurs in our community, we have to have investors playing in all of the spectrum, right? So we need folks who are angel investors. We need folks who are venture capitalists. And a a way to get plugged into that community is by coming to Dallas Startup Week, going to the website, checking out the funding and capital track, seeing those different sessions that are going to be hosted, and plugging in directly. Can you talk about the relationship you guys have with the SMU Cox School of Business? Because for a lot of people, that's instant credibility. Cox School of Business is known internationally uh, of of creating business people who are very very successful to to have your 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 startup week there is huge. Can you talk about that relationship just a little bit? Yeah, you know SMU has been an amazing partner for us on, on a multitude of fronts. We we work really closely with their SMU incubator program, Dr. Simon Mack, who leads the entrepreneurship program at SMU, has been a great thought partner and active partner for us. But ultimately, they're our host partner for Dallas Startup Week. So traditionally in years past, you know, uh, this event, this week could be held all over the city at different locations. SMU is allowing us to continue to kind of bring it together to one location where people can move around from session to session um, without having to travel and deal with parking here in the city. So I cannot underplay or undersell how critical SMU being a host partner is for the experience that everyone is going to have once they get at the event. So they've been great. They're a leader in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, and we're so excited to be partnering with them. You know what I love about this, Demetria? I I kid you not, my mind is just whirling because I remember back in the day, I was down in Austin, and someone came up with an event called South by Southwest, and look at it now. Tell me, do you see any comps, or am I losing my damn mind? 
you are spot on. So, you know, if I can be transparent and speak aspirationally about around the experience we are wanting to create for the community here in Dallas. Again, we want this to be an inclusive experience. We want everyone who considers themselves an entrepreneur, even just a professional who's looking to understand this space or get some subject matter expertise. This event is for you. And I think South by Southwest does a great job of building an inclusive experience. So we're also trying to do that. And then again, we're just trying to put together a dope experience. We want it to be something that you enjoy, that you feel impacted by. So, you know, from a visionary standpoint, that's definitely what we're striving for as a team, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to to create something similar to that here in our city that we'll be known for and that folks will be traveling to the city to attend. So we're super excited about it. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I bring up South by Southwest because literally I remember back in the day in Austin when they came up with it, it was mostly a music festival, and then it became more of a technology, ideas, music, and the entire thing was just tremendous growth where you had all kinds of people getting together. But more importantly, like you said about the Dallas Startup Week, it was a melding of minds where you iron sharpens iron how people learn about different things and about each other and how they can grow their own business or grow uh, and and partner with people who are establishing their businesses. Yeah, that's spot on. I think, you know, I I was thinking about an event that we have on Monday uh, Mm -hmm. called Startup Alley, where we showcase different startups who set up booths to, to display their products and services. There's just so many opportunities to collide, um, you know, so many companies are started by folks who are in corporate America and are looking to transition. So they're taking their technical expertise or either their corporate savvy or just business savvy in general, and they're turning that into multi-million dollar companies. That can happen, but we have to provide a space for people to get the education and support they need. And that's essentially what we're trying to do. And again, you know, I spoke about how on Disrupt, we have a DJ, we have music, we have, um, you know, food and, 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 and beverages and all of this thing, we are literally trying to create an experience, right? Yes. We want there to be value educationally, but we also want you to have a great time. So we understand to do that, it has to be a multifaceted experience. And we, we feel pretty confident that we've captured that. And the reason that is, the reason we feel confident about that is the DEC network didn't plan Dallas Startup Week. A community of track captains, of committee members, who really felt like they had their pulse on what entrepreneurs and investors and the ecosystem as a whole wanted to see, put this together. And we, we leveraged our corporate partners like Capital One um, and Thompson Reuters to help really inform the process. But it's truly is a community event curated by the community for the community. So we're really excited. That is exciting. That's just one of the three summits, the Disrupt Dallas. Like you said, it's a celebration of educational programs, championing across the entrepreneurial ecosystem, Disrupting the Diversity Pipeline and the Underrepresented Entrepreneurial Market. Notice I'm trying to read too fast and my mouth is not cooperating, but that's you know what I meant. You say it much no better problem, than me. No problem. Uh, let me say these tracks again for those who missed it earlier. The tracks include, you got 21 tracks, including blockchain, social impact, venture, retail, AR slash VR, AI and automation, gaming and esports, and much, much more. You got the dynamic speakers. Um, you mentioned the Women of Innovation. Can you elaborate just a little bit more about that particular summit? Indeed. We are super excited for Women of Innovation. It is one of our signature events. Um, it's one of the ones where when you think of Dallas Startup Week, 
If you've been there before, this is one that you're banking on attending. And so Women of Innovation is going to be happening on August 4th. That's a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. They'll be in person at SMU, but we also have streaming opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, We will host a women's marketplace uh, at the end of that event. But we have some amazing speakers lined up. For example, we have Tiffany Derby, um, who is a restaurateur, um, a top chef contestant who has done amazing things in her business. Um, and we also have the CEO of Match Group, who will be our keynote for that event. So I think that's really important to highlight. Shar Doobie will be with us. She's the CEO of Match Group, and we'll be keynoting that event. And I do want to say this. This isn't related to women, uh, women of innovation. But Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson will also be at Dallas Startup Week as a keynote presenter. So very nice. a multitude of opportunities to engage and plug in with some of these key folks. But Women of Innovation is going to be something special, and you don't want to miss it. And the third summit, again, is the Corporate Startup Innovation. Is there anything else you want to mention about that one, that piece? Again, I would, you know, again, like to highlight our sponsor, Capital One. They have really played a critical role in in kind of structuring that event and putting together a startup innovation summit that is really going to speak to the corporate community. We're excited to have Guy Raz as our keynote for that. I think everyone's going to enjoy that amazing book and podcast. And so we know that that summit is going to be amazing as well. So I would just encourage folks um, to plug into that as well. It's going to be an amazing startup week. Dallas Startup Week is this week, August 1st through the 5th. Again, online, how can people get to it or get tickets to it or get access to it, observe it from afar? Break it down one more time for us online. Again, I want to make this super easy for folks because we definitely want you there. There's a couple of things you can do. Number one, go to DallasStartupWeek.com. Altogether, DallasStartupWeek.com. There you'll see all of the details. You know, I haven't done the justice of every speaker that's going to be there, so definitely feel free to dig in, but it'll take you right to our registration page. Again, if you're not able to register, no worries. Walk up. We will love to check you in, get you situated, get you plugged into the right session, provide opportunities for you to plug into the entrepreneurial ecosystem. So let's, let's, let's get ready. This is going to be an exciting time next week at XMU Cox School of Business. Go online, DallasStartupWeek.com. And if hashtag DFW21, by the way. Make sure to use that hashtag if you're plugging on social media. Hashtag DFW21. And by the way, if you can't physically be there virtually, you can go, you can check out the event on Brushfire. Yeah, we will be streaming live from Brushfire. So all of our key events, you will be able to watch virtually. So again, if you can't come on person, go to the same site. We will get you plugged in with registration and you can customize your virtual experience. Demetria. This sounds so amazing. And I know you've put a lot of work into this. How many people behind the scenes are putting in this work? Please, if you want to shout out some people, you can do so. But please tell us about the army of people, whether it's large or small, who are able to get this event together because this is an absolutely amazing thing. I won't do names, but I will shout out two key groups that help put this together. The DEC staff plays a critical role in kind of orchestrating and coordinating. So thank you to everyone, including our board, um, our associate board, there's so many players from the organizational side, but really what makes the event the event is our track captains and our planning committee members. Those are the heartbeat and the, you know, the implementation folks mm-hmm. of this week. And so I just want to shout out the track captains and committee members that have helped put Dallas Startup Week together and curate this content and experience for all of you to enjoy. Demetri Brown, it's been a pleasure. Can we have you back on the show again sometime in a few months? Indeed. We'd love to talk about the work we're doing for entrepreneurs of color here in Dallas, as well as women founders and those in Southern Dallas. So we'd love to come back. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Awesome. Thank you. And joining us right now is the president of the Dallas chapter of the National Basketball Retired Players Association, Mr. Willie Davis. How you doing, Willie? I'm doing fine, Chris. And you? Doing great. Long time no talk to. I've been knowing you forever, and I'm so glad you can join us on the show this morning. I am happy to have the opportunity to join you. Well, I'm glad to have you here because we're going to talk more than sports. I think it's so important that people know what the National Basketball Retired Players Association has been doing through the years in the communities, especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Before we get into all the different things you have going on in the community, can you talk about the National Basketball Retired Players Association, how it started? I know it's nationwide, and I know it's mostly NBA, ABA, and WNBA players who have retired. All right, I'm on the website, and I'm looking at it right here. For those who want to hear the official words, the National Basketball Retired Players Association uh, serves former professional basketball players, supporting them in their life after playing days, and helping them to leverage their inspirational influence to promote and teach basketball in their communities and give back in the communities. Can you talk about how, you know, when guys retire, whether it's from the NBA or ladies retire from the WNBA or they come back from overseas, how they can get a part, be a part of this? Because I know a lot of a lot of people just assume, well, you know, these guys, they either wind up being a coach again or they wind up going doing other things. But they still have kind of like a union, and, that, and that's what you guys do. You, you still bond and get together, right? Exactly. Each year, as a matter of fact, we'll be getting together uh, uh, August, uh, first weekend in August in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be there just kind of for an, an outing, just fellowshipping. And then we're also going to go in and watch the, the NBA Summer League, some of the games that's going to be played during that time. So those are the kinds of things that we do. But what's important to me is the part that you just read where it addresses being able to use our platform to, uh, to give back to others. And in the process of doing that, we actually end up building our own resume. Mm-hmm. Because when, when, when I, this has been a, Oh, this has never been more true than the last few weeks with me. Uh, I'd say last few weeks, the last year with me, that when you get out in the community and you make yourself uh, a valuable commodity to others, sooner or later, people like you, because you've been you in the sports business and you have known about us for a while and you understand uh, the sports uh, uh, landscape better than most people because you've been around it so long. But when we start doing that, people will get energized. Mm-hmm. And it's something about uh, a former athlete, whether it be football, basketball, baseball. It's something about that, 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 that resume that brings others together, helps unite people. And they want to hear about, you know, even now, what you did back then. But we're not interested in that. We're, what I'm interested in is what can I use this platform now? That, that platform that I had back then, how can I use it now to serve others? And so that's basically what, what, what the chapter should be about. And a lot of them are getting the point. Talking with Willie Davis, he's the uh, Dallas chapter president of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. And you guys individually, because the names are so powerful, 
you've got brands. I mean, you got legends like Magic Johnson who received the Legends Award. You got Dave Bing locally. You got Sam Perkins, Rolando Blackman. Can you name some of the names that are, are, are the bigger names that people who are involved? Because people forget and they go, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, you guys are the honey for the bee. You're able to bring people together and it's always for a worthy cause. Can you? I don't want to just say name drop, but people need to know some of the members who are involved. Okay. Well, uh, we've, I'll just start with uh, with guys like um, Ira Terrell. He's a he's a yes. uh, a very synonymous name here in Dallas. SMU great Phoenix Suns. Yep. Um, uh, I think Mark Mark McGuire, he yep. comes back once in a while, but he doesn't live here. But he's a part of our. He's, he's actually still a part of our chapter, as you said, Rolando Blackman. And I got to say this: I had an opportunity to fellowship with my brother Derek Harper. Mm-hmm. Do you know him? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Only for uh, forty years. Uh, uh, you know, and Derek, I've talked with Derek many times here in the city, just running into him in places, and you know, Derek is. Uh, he did, I don't think he does this on purpose. He's always kind of, you know, seemed like he's in a hurry. One of the when you sit down and talk to Derek, I mean, he's a real guy. I mean, this guy is is a, is a super young man that has a has a great spirit about him. And uh, so I had an opportunity. He came and played in our golf tournament that I definitely want to talk a little bit about here in a minute. But he came and played in our golf tournament, and then the, the following week invited me out to his to his home in Carrollton. And uh, maybe Plano, I can't remember where I was. But uh, we sat and talked, and uh, and and just man, just just had an engaging conversation. He's on board with whenever he can support the organization. He wants to do it. So those are the kinds of guys that that still have held. You know, he, he's still in the public arena because mm-hmm. he's a color commentator. He does color for the Dallas Mavericks. Yep. And uh, and so there are many others here. Stephen Howard. Uh, uh, to name a few, we Bud Webb. We just lost a brother yesterday. That's a part of our. That was a part of our organization, and uh, he he came when he could, but he traveled a lot with his month with his uh, wife. She was a a, a, a a tremendous leader in the United Methodist Church. His name was Stan McKenzie. He mm-hmm. passed away a couple of days ago, and he lived right here in the, in the Dallas area. And uh, they were very involved in, in uh, Paul Quinn College in trying to restore it and bring it back to prominence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but I just, so I just wanted to, to do a shout out to, uh, to Stan for being available whenever he could attend our meetings. God prayers, uh, we, God's we, we prayers for his family. Uh, yeah. We, we have, so we, we have many other guys, you know how it is when you, when you're trying to think of something and you, oh, you yeah. 50, you kind of, you kind of drop some of the names, but I, I'll just read off some of the guys that live in this area. Uh, that's on on on, a, on our flyer. Rolando Blackman, uh, uh, Mark Aguirre, uh, Willie Foreman. He was a globe trotter. Mm-hmm. Derek Harper. I just talked about Stephen Howard, Lance uh, Larry, Larry Johnson. Uh, uh, was he? He lived here at one time. Of course. of course, we lost Eugene Kennedy not long ago. Local uh, Dallas Chaparral played for the Houston Rockets. A.C. Law, I believe, still lives here. Yes, he Nancy does. Nancy Lieberman. Nancy mm-hmm. Lieberman is a part of our group. Um, uh, Sean Marion. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just those are just to name a few. Sure, there's about there's about forty something guys that that's here that's a part of this organization. Willie, can you talk like about? Uh, I was going to ask uh, you, could you talk about what you guys do on All Star Weekend? Because I think that's so important. Showing what you guys do, like a lot of people, when they think about the NBA All Star Weekend in the different cities that they have it, they always know where well, you got the All Star Game, you got the uh, All Star Saturday with the dunk contest and the three point shootout. But you guys, as a group do a lot of things for the communities of the cities that host that event. Can you give an example of one of the things that y'all have done over the years? Let me, uh, let me just uh, start out with Charlotte. We went to Charlotte, North Carolina. It was also a game to, uh, about two years ago. And um, they had just had a shooting at one of their high schools up there. And uh, a lady from that area reached out and asked if we would be willing to come in and do, come out and talk to the kids and just, try to do some help them to do healing with that process. So we went there. As a matter of fact, I'd, I'd like to give a shout out to the Mavericks because they gave me a whole bunch of swag items mm-hmm. to send to North Carolina to give away. That was a big hit there. So I just want to publicly say that they were a part of that also through the gifts that they gave us to give to the kids. But we, we, we spent two whole days, entire days, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning. We were at the school until three o'clock in the evening. And what we were doing is uh, we had uh, auditorium programs for for us. We had guys like Tiny Archibald, uh, um, uh, Artis Gilmore, uh, Tree Rollins, uh, uh, just a whole bunch of guys that came along with us. And we talked to those kids. We met with uh, with some of them one-on-one. It was just, man, it was just an exceptional uh, outing for us that weekend, and we did that community service for two days. We went to two different went to a community center and did some programming there. And the thing about it is, Chris, we get the most joy from it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> when you leave there, it's a win win. It's a win win. We go to Chicago uh, last All Star game, as we didn't have one, you know, a real All Star game last year. We did the same thing. We went to a high school there in Chicago, one of the the prominent black high schools. I, I'm sorry, I can't think of the name of it. And we did a basketball game, and we called it Shooting for Peace, where now I didn't play, but I, I was dressed out, but I didn't play. I didn't, they didn't put me in, so I didn't go out there. Wonder why. But, <laughs> but anyway, you didn't want to run out of gas out there. <laughs> good judgment. Hey, it was a good judgment. There you go. Anyway, uh, we did, and we gave away through the Shooting for Peace initiative that Jerome Williams uh, has out of Chicago, uh, I'm sorry, out of Las Vegas, mm-hmm. we gave away over $400,000 in scholarships Wow! that weekend to HBCU schools. Over $400,000. The, peop- the person that was giving out the scholarships was there, and he presented the scholarships to the kids. This was after the basketball game. That is Again, fantastic. The Mavericks gave me some swag items to take to the kids, mm-hmm. to, to take up and pass out. Uh, the little the little lights that you wave in the air. They sure. gave me a ton of those. They gave me some other items that uh, that I really appreciate. And uh, so it was just a, it was a it, those are just a couple of examples of some of the things that we do beyond the Dallas Fort Worth area. And you know what else you do that I think is important? There's a lot of um, former bath- basketball players, a lot of former athletes that that made a lot of money over their careers, and then they don't know exactly what to invest in or they, they're, they're right. wealthy right. 
and they had their agent handle things. And I remember you guys had a financial seminar for former mm-hmm. players with some Wall Street investors. Can you talk about how you try to take care of some of the guys who is it's not like they're broke. They just want you just want to be proactive and make sure they don't go there. Well, thank you for for allowing me the opportunity. We would like to add that that component to our outreach uh, because Chris, I, I I can I can just take a look in the mirror at myself when I was growing up. I mean, you know, a much younger person, and this is this is after basketball where you make a little money. But you don't you don't know if you don't know how to use the money, if you don't know how to protect your money, mm-hmm. you'll never be able to keep it. And so when these guys come up come up uh out of you know, don't have not having anything to get themselves uh contracts for millions and millions of dollars, they don't know what to do with it. They gotta no. depend on someone else that might not be have their best interests at heart to uh navigate for them. And uh and, and so that's where they run into problems. So we would love to bring in resources, bring in other people to talk with them. And I have the capability, or we have the capability now of doing that because I've made contacts with bankers and other people that's on the, on the financial end that would love to come in and just do seminars. Now, let's, let's face it. We know that they are looking maybe for the, these kids to drop some money with them, and, and that's only that's business. But it would be better to know, to get this information. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. But at least you can get a better understanding of money and how it operates because we know that money and a fool soon parts. Exactly. You know, so. And just because you're athletically gifted does not mean that you have the financial acumen, acumen right. to take care of all that money. I like the fact that you guys invited me to that one event in particular downtown Dallas where you right. had the different financial advisors there. And I'll mm-hmm. never forget this. This one guy that you guys had speak, he he had been representing different athletes, not just f- basketball players, and he was saying the smartest thing you can do is to have several financial advisors. Therefore, right. if one of them turns out to be a guy that's taking your money, you don't lose all of your money through one that's guy. That's right. That's right. And then, too, when you're in that type of situation, it's like as I meander with this organization here now trying to build a platform to where we we uh we'll become a, a recognizable name in the in the community for for giving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's my goal. Uh, then I, I learn to vet people by talking to other people, and you find out what you'll learn. You know, that's right. These guys these guys are not as seasoned as I, as I am, so a lot of these things are going to go over their head. But when you have someone that's telling you what to do, what not to do, this will work for you. I wouldn't do this, do that one. Uh, then you don't have to go through the agony of losing your money before you realize that you've been duped. You exactly. know, so that's, that, 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 that's, that's real. You know, I, Chris, if I may, I'd like to talk about just briefly. I really want to get this in because uh, this is an initiative that I have a lot. I'm, I'm very passionate about. And we started it three weeks ago uh, in Fort Worth. Well, actually, two weeks ago. We ended. We started it three weeks ago, ended it two weeks ago in Fort Worth. And um, I, I met a I met a young man had a had a meeting with him, Lifford Hobley. I don't know if you know Lifford or not, but Lifford Hobley is the president of the uh, national of the National Football uh, Retired Players Association chapter here in Dallas. Okay. And he brought me. He introduced me to this fellow. His name is Dr. Robert Harper, and he has a program 
that he, he I met him at a, at a downtown hotel there, and he did a little uh, uh, synopsis of an overview of what the program was all about and a PowerPoint presentation. And I was, I was just totally impressed with it because I had been wondering, what could we do that would be impactful for our youth? that needed so desperately right now, and especially along the lines of uh, policing. Mm-hmm. Kids need to, to understand policing. Policing need to understand better when they're dealing with, especially uh, people of color. Sure. That, you know, and so we, and we wanted to do it in a wholesome way. We didn't want to go in with a, with a loaded gun, against the police or police with a loaded gun against us because that's a stalemate waiting to happen. So what they did, the police department in Fort Worth, and this was initiated through Dr. Robert Harper, the police in, police chief in Fort Worth, his name is Neil Noki, I believe I'm pronouncing it right. He's been on the job now for probably about six months. And um, they had identified three areas of Fort Worth that had a very high crime rate. And there was the north side, uh, of course, the stop six area of Fort Worth, and uh, then what they call the near south side. So what, what, what Dr. Harper did, along with the police department, they partnered and decided that we would go into these three schools and, and start uh, introducing the young people to the police in a different manner. Very the nice. Different manner, the different manner was they would, uh, police would come in and we would have a, a workshop two-day workshop started started at eight o'clock in the morning ended four o'clock I mean started at nine o'clock in the morning ended four we did that at three high schools uh, Northside High School OD Wyatt High School and Dunbar High School in Fort Worth and uh, what the the gist of the program was the police officers come in and they are part of the the hope initiative that Dr. Harper is running the kids don't know them from Adam they mm-hmm. just some people that came in to to facilitate, help facilitate. And, um, but at the end of the, just before the, and it's some powerful conversation went on for those two days. But in the process, we teach kids uh, job readiness. We teach them about life, how, uh, how to do your elevator speech. You get on the elevator with someone, you got anywhere from five seconds to 30 seconds to maybe introduce yourself to someone that could change your life. So we give them an ele- elevator speech and, let, and we let them, practice it. Here's some of the other guys that participated in this event. Clifford Hobley, National Football League, Byron Hill. I'm sure you know Byron. Oh, yes. An- another brother played for the Packers named Patrick Jackson. Mm-hmm. He was a wide receiver some years ago with the, uh, with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Orin O'Neill played for the Oakland Raiders. All these guys live locally. Mm-hmm. Tony Covington, uh, mm-hmm. And then the the icing on the cake, we had Ladanian Tomlinson at each one of these LT. events. LT. LT was uh, leading it, yeah. A power LT. LT impressed me more than he did the kids. Man, this guy's spirit is so infectious, it's unreal. And and he got up and he talked to the kids uh, uh, and then stayed and answered every question they had. But here was the, here was the kicker. These kids have been sitting down there. We got white officers, some black officers, Hispanic officers. All, made about 10 of them. And they came, uh, they, 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 these kids can have, we told them you can ask these people any question you want to ask about the police, uh, you know, the, the main 
point is we wanted them to interact with the police and talk about the state of our country today when it comes to policing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so and but we wanted this is a two edged sword now. We want the kids to understand that we need police and that, you know, the police, uh, they're in charge. When, when you get whenever you you get stopped. So mm -hmm. you need to learn how to just answer their questions. Don't ask them questions. Answer their questions they're asking you. And then if you have something you want to say, you can ask them when they finish their business. Don't start talking to them while they're taking care of their business. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's learning on both sides. Exactly. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, about 45 minutes before we end the session on the second day, we sent the police out, and then they came back in in their uniform. And man, you should have seen those kids' face. They've been sitting there talking to the police for two days. Didn't know they were police. So you had no no internal wow. bias about these people. Right. That's clever. You, yeah, yeah, because you had no bias about these people as you sat here and talked with them and interacted with them, hugged them. I saw you guys, some of you guys hugging these guys. And, and so let's let's take that same approach out in the community. Let's not look at every police officer we see as an individual that's going to do you harm because every police officer is not. And so, you know, I talk to them about listening to people that put that type of ideology, uh, that, that, that those ideas in mm -hmm. your head that all police are bad. Yet we do have a problem. And, and we admitted that. The chief came the morning that we were at Dunbar, the chief asked, Chief came out, kids were asked, if you could speak to someone at City Hall, who would you like to speak to? They said, the police chief. One of the officers there, they don't know the officers, called the police chief. Police chief came out. He said, yeah, I'll come out. He came out, talked to the kids for a long time. I mean, you know, for about 45 minutes, they asked some kids asked some very tough, intelligent questions. This is at Dunbar High School. And we were meeting with the football team. And, uh, and so... At the end, we, we, we did a photo op with the police chief, and the police chief was getting ready to leave, and he found out that LaDamian Thomason had driven up, and he ended up staying the rest of the day. <laughs> so, That's, that news. shows you the impact that retired oh, athletes can have and man. how they can bring people together. I love that story. And, and since we're talking about those, so you want to you wrap that up with one last little note, and then I want to segue into what you guys did with Mean Joe Green on that charity golf event. Okay. Uh, well, you know, that's it. Okay. Uh, what I want to wrap up is my mission now is to connect with the Dallas police department. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to find a way to do similar programming here. Our kids need this. Yes. I'm, I'm saying, especially kids of color. Oh, we can our make that happen. Color, our kids of color need this because let's face it. I'm treated differently as an older, as a seasoned black man, and they are treated differently as youngsters, and they don't know how to handle it. I do. They don't know how to handle the police, you know, in a stop, you know, mm -hmm. where when to say something, when not to say anything. Exactly. And the police chief talked about all of that. He, to he told them what, what your rights are when a police officer stops you, how you should conduct yourself. So anyway, I want to I spread this abroad. This is good. Our kids need it. They're not going to learn this in school. They're not going to – many of our kids – uh, that live in underserved communities are not going to learn this at home. And so somebody needs to do this. And then that would, I believe that that would be a beginning to uh, the education that our kids need to stay alive.
Hey, Will, I'm going to hook you up with some of the line, Dallas but, PD that I know that could probably make that program start. We're going to do that. And, well, I'd love to. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. Okay, so okay. You've, partnered, you've partnered before, like I said, with other football players in that golf tournament. I want to make sure you guys get the props out for this because you guys raised a lot of money for some various yeah. good calls with me and Joe Green. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, thanks thank for the opportunity. Um, yeah, we uh, – I had a – I can't – you know, I, I kind of – sometimes my thoughts, Chris, you know me a little bit now, so, you know, I, I get I – got, I got a lot of clutter in my head. If I can ever <laughs> organize it and get get it lined out and straightened out, it, it sometimes it turns out pretty good. So I got uh, this premonition last, uh, last December. Uh, I said, you know, I'm still on that kick of I want to do something that sets us apart during this pandemic when nobody's doing anything. And then we have the whole stage. That's kind of selfish, but that's the way I was thinking. So I'm talking about from a sports perspective, from our, from our national Mm -hmm. uh, perspective. And um, so I called Ron and uh, we, we, that was in December. I met him for lunch and uh, we, uh, we talked about it and I said, Hey man, I've I've never done this. I lived on the golf course for 16 years. And I said, I never, I don't play golf, but I want to do a golf swing. So anyway, we got the ball rolling. In January, we started in earnest developing this thing. And we decided that we would uh, uh, benefit, since uh, Joe and I were schoolmates up at UNT back in the day. And uh, I knew his late wife that died of breast cancer. And I knew that they had, uh, they had initiated a um, memorial scholarship fund in her name at the University of North Texas. And I thought that would be a great way for us to support our alma mater and also support the cause for, for the Joe Green family. And so we moved along, and we weren't getting very much traction. Uh, around March 15th, I had a board member call me and said, Willie, I think we need to, we need to punt and, and maybe start this thing back up in September. But I had a different spirit. I said, no. I said, uh, you know, I said, I, I believe we can do it. We were two and a half months out. And we hadn't raised a whole bunch of money. Anyway, long story short, we, uh, we, we moved on, and long about three weeks before the tournament, What's to happen? We saw, actually, early May that the tournament we, we were okay to ha- go ahead and have the tournament. We weren't going to lose any money. We didn't know how much we were going to make, but we went forth. And uh, along the way, I grabbed the Mavericks and asked them if we could uh, donate to their foundation, uh, use them as a as a partner, also a charitable partner for us to donate part of the proceeds to. And uh, and so they they agreed, and uh, and so. We uh, we moved on, and long about a week or two before the tournament happened, uh, we en- we ended up selling it out, and we still have people now begging us to come and play, but we only had 144 slots uh, for you know for to, uh, for golfers. We had the event. Joe had hip surgery. Okay, we had the tournament May 24th at uh, Hagberry Creek Golf Resort in Irving, Texas. And it went. Uh, it was. It was beyond my expectations. Nice. Um, we uh, we we raised. Uh, we we sold a golf tournament out. We had guys like Ed Tudor Jones playing. Gary Reeves, uh, former New York Giant. We had uh, uh, Willie Norwood here from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, we had a number of guys here from uh, from the Houston area that came to play, and it was just uh, a festive occasion. Everybody, all of the guys that that. Participated in the golf tournament, practically every guy that came that morning stayed all day. 
And we ended up uh, raising uh, enough money to donate a check to the University of North Texas for $10,000. Wow. We donated another check to uh, to the Dallas Mavericks for 5000 And I hope I'm not putting their business in the street, but I, you can edit this if you like. No, but go ahead. We, did, they, they, we also gave them a, a foursome. And they they were able to get a nice sum of money for that. So in all, we gave away about twenty with the with the actual dollar amount that we gave away, and the in kind amount we gave away over twenty thousand dollars that from that golf tournament from that one tournament. And then we were able to keep uh, about that same amount of money for our budget. So it was a wonderful event. Uh, my board called me the next day and wanted to start working on the next one. And I, I, I promptly say, no, 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 let me, let me sleep on this one a little bit, but I've gotten re-energized and, and, and we're going to do it again. If, uh, if the Lord says so. So, uh, so that's, it was just a wonderful event, brought a lot of people together. Everybody had fun. And I want to thank again, the Mavericks for providing uh, some very nice swag items for us uh, and, uh, and, and, do, and, and participating in the manner that they did. Well, Willie, that's that's what it's all about. Again, you guys play such an important role. I wanted to make sure that everybody had a chance to share in sure. what's what's been going on with the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Of course, you being the president of the uh, Dallas chapter, Mr. Willie Davis. Hey, Willie, yeah. again, we've got to do this again really, real soon. Can I get you Let's back on the show sometime soon? I'd love to. All right. That's the great okay. Willie Davis. I'm Chris Arnold. I want to thank everyone for listening to Better Living. Be sure to tune in next week as we highlight other organizations and events happening right here in DFW. So long, everybody. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.